This is the Media Insider Podcast, aimed at giving you the secrets on how the media works and how you can pitch stories. I'm your host, Helen Croydon. I'm an author and a former journalist myself, and now I run a small PR agency called Thought Leadership PR. We specialize in personal branding, helping business leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, and coaches become thought leaders. If you like this podcast, please tell everyone and follow or at least like it on your podcast app. So this episode, I'm joined by Chorus Hustad. She's the news editor of Courier magazine. This means she looks after news stories about small businesses for both Courier's newsletter and online stories. Before that, she's had other freelance and staff reporting roles in tech and finance, both in Europe and across the pond in America. Welcome, Chorus. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, I am so looking forward to this conversation because I read Courier magazine when I'm in co-working spaces. It's one of the free magazines that's given out and it's just packed full of so many stories, so many different formats for stories. And I know that you have an online section as well for stories, which is what you look after. So I want to cover all that. But before we start, could you perhaps give an overview of the regular slots or pages or sections or the things that you personally commission in your role as news editor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I really appreciate you reading. Always nice to talk to somebody who's been paying attention and you're the exact sort of person who we want to reach. I mean, I think just as like very quick overview, Courier is a media company that is really focused on people who want to live and work on their own terms. We're looking at emerging business owners and people who want to create small businesses that will really help them I guess, live the life that they really want. So we've got two sort of use cases within that. One is Inspire. So it's telling really inspirational stories of founders who are either coming at a business in a really unconventional way, seeing these new market opportunities, and also are just living really incredible lives, particularly intertwined with the business and the work that they do. And then obviously educate is, yes, okay, that's the dream life, but how do you actually do it? And how do you actually get to that point? What are the tips and practical sort of advice that we can offer people so that they can actually make that happen? So those are kind of the two things that we are primarily focused on. So as news editor, I am mostly looking after our Courier Weekly newsletter, which is a weekly newsletter. It comes out every Friday at 10 a.m. We very excitingly are actually going through a bit of a redesign and we're going to be relaunching the newsletter actually in three weeks. March 24th is our new edition of Clear Weekly, which is really exciting from a sort of commissioning standpoint as well as a product standpoint. So I'll talk about that a little bit. But at the moment, I guess kind of overview Courier Weekly is focused on giving people sort of those little bits of inspiration that they can take and turn into, you know, kind of the next steps that they want to, I guess, find that business opportunity that they've been looking to to start. So at the moment, we're doing that in the form of feature stories. So we'll be writing about new opportunities that are coming up. So for example, recently wrote a feature story on people who are turning Instagram mood boards into brands. So looking at people who there was like a content creator that I interviewed who just has this passion for kind of what she calls like the answer to the question, what would you do on the long weekend? And she sources all these like really incredible inspirational posts of like, you know, Kobe Bryant in like the Park Plaza Hotel in, you know, the 1990s and, you know, someone walking their dog and all these things. And she's actually turned this into like a vintage clothing brand because she's created such this like incredible aesthetic. So it's these really creative people who are doing super interesting things that actually is like pretty accessible for people to get into. 
just as an example. And then also within that newsletter, we share some just really cool products that we've found. Recently did just a little kind of feature on products that were inspired by ancient folklore and myth, which is actually something that does sound a bit out of left field, but there's a lot of evidence that especially young people are really trying to reconnect with these ancient traditions and kind of practices and rituals, kind of like the next stage beyond the sort of astrology boom that we recently saw. So we're seeing a lot of cool products pop up there that tells us a lot about what consumer behavior is, is going to. And then we'll have a section that's a little bit more about tips and a more practical advice. So recently did an interview with a plantable pencil company, which actually has done incredibly well by utilizing a really specific TikTok strategy. So kind of taking some lessons from there and helping people understand how as a small business, you can you know, kind of take the content that you're already doing or take the product you have and turn it into something that can reach a much larger audience. So that's kind of what it's looking like now. The new version of Courier Weekly is going to be like that, but with kind of a lot more bits and pieces. It's going to be a lot sort of numbered points that are talking about those opportunities in the market. And a lot of those are going to link out to our website. And that's where I'm going to be commissioning more stories. So feature stories about interesting opportunities that are coming up. We really want to be ahead of the curve. We want things to be really fresh and we want to be talking to people who are are doing it right now. So I think that is the main sort of commissioning that I personally will be doing. And then there's one other aspect of what we're commissioning that I can talk about that's more in the social media side. But if you, I guess it, I want to stop there because I've talked to, <laughs> talked okay, to you. Okay, yeah, I do want to do that. Yeah. So I just want to summarize. So the audience then is small business owners, entrepreneurs, perhaps freelancers as well, and solo entrepreneurs. Is there a typical company size that we, you would say is the kind of target audience of the business leaders or entrepreneurs that read Career? Yeah, absolutely. And that's also something that has like, is, is something that is, is shifting a little bit for couriers. So we've always been really focused on small business owners who are actually already owning businesses at the moment, you know, kind of trying to meet them where they are and understand there wasn't really a business publication that offered advice to those people. Um, it was either about big venture capital backed businesses or, you know, really quick growth stage business. So we want to kind of hit that. And we'll always have that kind of content. And we will speak to that audience. But now we're actually making a bit of a shift and we're focusing on a bit of a younger audience. We're seeing so much exciting stuff happen with entrepreneurs and founding companies and side hustles, especially in that 18 to 25 year old audience. So that's what we're actually super excited about now is speaking a bit more to that younger audience and thinking about how, what is the new way that people are going to build businesses. Because I kind of feel like we had an inflection point, you know, we had that whole, there was kind of the traditional way of doing businesses. And then over the 2010s, it was this kind of, you know, hustle culture, startup, VC, you know, kind of love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. And now I think we kind of post have this new type of business owner who's much younger. I'd say much more like realistic about the fact that, you know, it's a career in like a corporate job is not even going to be enough to retire and to, to live on your own terms. And they're really trying to redefine what work can offer them. And so we really focus that particular audience now. So that's what I'm definitely going to be looking for in pitches is people who are really speaking to that audience that I think is redefining what it really means to have a business and you know, kind of live and work on your own terms. That's, I think, a little bit more realistic than perhaps like I'm a millennial and, you know, kind of how we saw work before, which was, you know, you go in, you work hard, you'll kind of work your way up the ladder. And I think people have realized that's not the case so much. And they really have to take that into their own hands. So finding those emerging market opportunities, finding those ways 
that people are realistically living their life, doing a, a full-time job and a side hustle and combining that life that they want to live with the work that they do as well. Yeah. So that's so that's really useful for pitching, knowing, knowing how to pitch, which we'll come on to in a minute. Let's ask what, what are the broad readership figures? I know you don't have an exact figure because things are changing over, but is that, you know, both for your online audience and newsletter audience and the magazine, do you have a kind of benchmark figure of the overall audience? Yeah. Yeah. So what I was going to say is that at the moment, because we currently have a, a number of different newsletter products, I don't have kind of those specific figures because we have a number of newsletter products that we are currently sort of merging into one sort of flagship newsletter, which is Courier Weekly. But I think, you know, kind of in a broad estimate, yeah, it will be in the high hundreds of thousands of readers and quite a higher than industry average open rate. Um, and that's going to be the majority of the way that people are consuming and getting access to those articles. I mean, that's just in terms of newsletters. We also have an audience of tens of thousands of magazine subscribers, people who read our print products, people who come to our events and not super global. We have distributors across the world and we have subscribers, you know, in yeah, pretty much every corner of the world as well. Yeah, it's it's a pretty large audience for the size of the yeah, That's one of the things I noticed when I read the magazine, it's got stories. It's, I expected it to just be UK stories, but it's stories all around the world, isn't it? Yeah. And it's quite stories, you know, to, to sing to the kind of the young entrepreneur or the, the side hustle. Is that the same for the in the print magazine it is, as it is for your online stories and newsletters? Mm -hmm. To some extent. So we used to do sort of a number of print products throughout the year and we're consolidating them a little bit to create these sort of less frequent but super high quality, almost collectible level magazines that will be, again, of course, they're always connected to what's happening. You know, we're not just creating sort of you know, beautiful products for the sake of beautiful products. There'll be things that are really connected to trends happening in the world right now, but they are a little bit more creative. They are a little bit more, there's the opportunity to kind of think about what somebody might want to know over the course of say six months instead of month to month. So, but the, the number of features is also, is a little bit lower. And so I think in terms of actually sort of placing things in a timely manner, you know, pitching us for our online or for kind of a feature in the newsletter is more likely to kind of have that quicker turnaround that I think a lot of freelancers are more used to. We pay the same like across both of them. So I think that's also something important since some places pay more for print versus online, but we pay the same. But yeah, so I think that is, it. it's kind of thinking about the weekly newsletter is obviously what's happening now. What do people need to know, you know, at the moment so that they could, you know, find that whole, like that little bit of inspiration and follow that and actually kind of start to action something at the moment. Whereas the magazine is kind of that chance to step back and look at the bigger picture and think, okay, what's the, what are the bigger kind of overarching trends that we're seeing and what are the really, who are the really interesting people who we can focus on and, and, and really inspire somebody to envision the sort of life that they could they could have yeah yeah that's so clear that's that's brilliant I'm really glad I know understand that audience I'd like to talk a little bit about the pitching and the commissioning process so is there a a system because you have a worldwide team so do you know do you have a central planning meeting daily monthly talk me through the process. Yeah, yeah. So we have a weekly editorial meeting where we'll go through pitches that we have and whether they came in 
to us specifically. And if I get something, but I think it might be a better fit for the magazine or another one of our products or, you know, perhaps one of our social channels, which I'd also like to talk about a bit as well, because we are commissioning for that as well. You know, we'll bring it to that meeting and kind of figure out where it fits best. So those are happening on a weekly cadence and we'll continue to happen, especially as we've got a weekly newsletter where we've got to fit in a lot more stories. What day of the week is your planning meeting? Yes, our planning meeting is on Tuesday. And yeah, we're kind of collecting, yeah, I guess as pitches throughout the the previous week to to put together for that day. Okay. Good to know for our listeners because they like to know when to get pitches in, you know. Okay. How many journalists and editors are on the the editorial team? So there are four editors who would be sort of in potential commissioning mode. And that also could, I guess myself and John are the ones that are most sort of, I guess, a journalist facing in that we are getting pitches in and we have specific products that we are pit- we are accepting pitches for and are commissioning pitches for, which is the weekly newsletter and then the magazine for John. My colleague Bree, also our lifestyle editor, she's really connected in sort of like the more lifestyle space and we'll still be taking pitches in and kind of figuring out the best place for those to fit, just kind of with that in mind. And then also Ben, our managing editor, will also be taking in pitches and kind of distributing them throughout the team. So it's kind of us us four who are editors at the moment, but also that could be changing in the future because as I mentioned, we we used to have also a workshop email, which was more focused on the educate side. And we're in the midst of redesigning that now where we'll have more of that, I guess, sort of practical side that we'll be able to commission for as well. And the weekly newsletter, even though it's more in that inspire sort of use case, we will have elements of educational. So if there's like something really interesting that people think small business owners need to know, if, you know, I'm well, we, we'll get to kind of like, I guess, good and bad pitches later on in the, the interview. But like, for example, there was a pitch that I got in that was one I wanted to bring up, which is called this guy pitched in about like the trend of gig CEOs. So basically, you always think of the freelancer economy and the gig economy as being people who are more in that, yeah, kind of doing like one-off pieces or a blog post or an Uber driver or something like this. And he was talking about how it's actually come up to like the executive level as people realize they may not have the money to hire a CEO for the long term, but they know that they need that leadership right now. And executives want this kind of work-life balance a little bit more as well because, you know, they're exhausted from running a company for most of their career. So you sort of saw this new trend of people who are marketing themselves the gig CMO or a gig CEO, which is like, I think, a really good example of hitting a trend, but also sort of that educate side of how is building differently. I like that, a gig CEO. Yeah, I mean, it's also quite like, and I think, yeah, and we can talk a bit more about that pitch and why it works later, but that is like, you want to know more. I think when you hear that, you're like, I want to know more. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, I can do the article. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about the, uh, you mentioned the social media side and this is like a new format that you want people to pitch for. So tell me about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we, as I mentioned, we are focusing on a bit of a younger audience. That means we have to think about different platforms as well. So we have a TikTok channel that we have recently launched and are still kind of working through in terms of our sort of tone. Again, we'll have kind of like, we have an Inspire focused channel, which is looking at really inspirational founder stories, how people got to what they do and how to sort of speak to that audience that's thinking about taking the leap and, you know, teaching them lessons through these really inspirational founder stories. So we are on the hunt at the moment for 
content creators, videographers, editors, people who really kind of understand that platform natively. And, you know, we're looking for people to pitch in ideas if they've got a founder that they think would work really well. And then also we yeah, have space for people who just have those skills and think that they'd be able to really understand our mission. I think that's kind of the hardest thing is content creation and journalism obviously are a bit different. And so I think really threading that needle between people who understand what Courier is as a media outlet, but also understand the platform is something where we're always on the hunt for. So just want to say that we've, we have the budget. We are like actively commissioning people to provide those stories and produce them. That's just so free. So freelancers, for instance, that you would be. Yeah. Okay. What about PR pitches? Tell me a little bit about that. What would be a typical way, you know, that a, a pitch from a PR or, or a member of the public who's pitching for themselves, what would might be a typical way that their pitch could materialize into coverage? Absolutely. I mean, I think that there's kind of two really crucial things that we will be looking for. I think one, it has to be like a really authentic sell. You know, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who pitch us, but they're not actually pitching the business. They're pitching like a line. They're they're pitching a brand message. And I understand that from marketing and PR perspective, but I mean, to be honest, as a journalist, it's just never going to land. So like, you know, it's, you may think it's effective, but it's really not. So I think just really authentically, like if, if it is a founder story, making sure that it's either a really genuinely, they've got a really genuine message that can help other business owners and, you know, something that they've learned and that advice that they want to give back that isn't just advice. And I'm putting quotation marks in here because it's like advice, actually just the brand message rather than just actual altruistic advice to another business owner. So again, just like really thinking about that, like what authentically somebody could give back to the business community. I think that is something that really helps things land. And inspiring founder stories, I think, again, it really has to hit that not just, I mean, every business owner is inspiring. Like, I mean, I have so much respect for the people that we write about, but again, people who are thinking about things in a little unconventional way, you know, they have that extra something that really sets them apart from other founders, I think is just that really, really crucial aspect of it. We don't care as much about how much money they've raised or, you know, if they're celebrity backed or if they're on Dragon's Den or, you know, whatever that is, like that, those kinds of things aren't as important. The authentic like story is like really, really important. So I think that is like the really, yeah, I think the really crucial thing to get across is just something, yeah, that that founder is speaking for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And do you get a lot of pitches? Yeah, we get a fair amount, but I think we haven't always done the best job of letting people know that we are open for business, open for pitching. And I also think that like business reporting often feels like if someone's a business reporter, I think then, you know, they tend to have that background or that sort of training in, you know, the reason why something is newsworthy is because they've raised a lot of money because they've, you know, they've made Forbes 30 under 30, that sort of thing, because that's what most business publications want. But we are almost like, I'd say more of on that like feature journalism side, but with always kind of that business angle. So why should we be paying attention to them now? What's changing in the market? What this can tell us about consumer behavior changing? You know, that person needs to sort of be a representation of something larger that can tell somebody who's thinking about starting a business, oh, okay, there is a market for this. Or there's, it's interesting the way they went about that and how they you know, how they address this challenge in a way that I haven't really seen done before. You know, they always have to kind of have that microcosm about 
the business world, but we don't care as much about kind of that business newsy side or like that kind of breaking news headline side of it. So I think what with that in mind, I think I would encourage people who maybe aren't business reporters by trade to also feel, you know, definitely pitch us as well. I think there's like such this connotation around business reporting that you need to know financials, you need to know, you know, every single line in the accounting spreadsheet to like understand how to tell a story about a business owner. But ultimately our focus is to tell stories about people who are, you know, living in these unconventional ways and creating a life that they really dream about, which I think is accessible for a lot of people. And that storytelling element is just so important to us. Yeah. Now, if someone has a story about their own business or their own career, are they best pitching it to you as the news editor or are they best pitching it to a writer? I would say they can pitch it to either. I mean, I think it would probably save them a step because we can also commission out pieces. So we've got a, like a roster of, of freelancers who've written for us really consistently and understand our voice. So if a small business owner did pitch us, they can some, send something directly to us and then we can figure out the best way to cover that. We do have some in-house reporters as well who are obviously understand our our focus deeply. I think like a really good example of that is we had a, and this was someone we had written about in a magazine before my time even, they ran a chocolate brand. And they just sent an email and said, hey, I'm going to be honest, we have to shut down the chocolate brand. It's not working. I couldn't make the economics work. And it's much harder. And these are the mistakes that I made that I didn't realize were the mistakes I could have made. Now, this I'm, I'm saying this as a pitch because he also ran a agency, I believe, for food companies. And so to be honest, that was a PR pitch, if you think about it, because he knew if, he, if we wrote about him, he would get that attention. However, he pitched himself as saying, I learned so much from this experience and I know your audience is going to ha- like learn from this as well. And in that piece, you know, of course, we still linked where like he still runs this creative agency and he learned a lot from it. But at the same time, that was so, so valuable. The lessons that he did as an operator were so valuable to our audience, and he really understood that. And that was one I think he pitched into one of our staff reporters who then brought it to me, and we commissioned it for the the newsletter. So I think that's a good example of how to pitch yourself. I read a very similar story of that in your actual magazine about a guy who had a wine business, I think. It was a couple of months ago. It was in Korea, and he had a wine, some sort of app with wine recommendations and exactly he had to wind it up because he realized he'd made all these mistakes and it was an interesting thing. Yeah, and exactly. You probably got so much out of that because that person is being really honest. And I think that's something we struggle with so much. There's such a, I don't want to say only pitch me your found your failure stories, but there is so much to be learned from things that go wrong. And we want to make sure we're just being as honest about that process as possible. It's so useful for people. What about contributor articles? Do you commission those? you know, like opinion pieces or device articles? To be honest, we used to, and we're stepping away from that a bit now. And so I would say also just on that note, we, if someone is pitching a contributor or someone as like a, someone who offers like advice, again, it has to be very, very specific. And it can't be someone, I get a lot of pitches from PRs that are just like, oh, here's this person, they can talk about creativity, you know, but there's no sort of clear why now, what specifically about creativity and what is the point of me interviewing someone about that. So there will be space if someone is a really unique expert or provides like has a really interesting backstory that really gives them a lot of authority as to why they're talking about that specific topic. But otherwise, we don't have a space specifically for contributors at the moment is the long answer to your story or your question. 
Interesting. So let's talk about some other pictures you just mentioned there, you know, what, what about a, a pitch that doesn't work if you're not specific. <laughs> Tell me about any other pitching no-nos. Right, from, from PR or freelance journalist perspective? From, from PRs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, the specific, as I, as I said before, I think it has to be super authentic and it has to be connected. We, we will write about a, a lot of the founder, very inspirational founder stories are ones that we find ourselves. It's going to be really hard to pitch in a founder story. That's really, I get those so rarely that actually like hit the quality mark that are, I guess, inspirational enough. A lot of that we're doing ourselves. So I would say, unless somebody has just like an absolutely you know, outstanding sort of life and story. Like we're, we probably aren't just going to write about someone because they're inspirational. So they really have to make sure that they hit that. Why are we writing about them now? What can this tell us about the way consumer behavior is changing or the way that this market is shifting? It really just has to have that like element of why are we writing about this? I think it's really crucial. I would say, yeah, anything that's super generic. I mean, I feel like that that's not going to be a huge surprise to people, but like you just really have to tailor the pitch to courier itself. I think if you want to get something pitched with us, you just have, we really look different from a lot of the other business publications out there. We're not a huge volume play. We're not going after like crazy page numbers for us. That sort of value of the story is just absolutely crucial. And we just have such a specific niche. We're not covering the big venture backed businesses. We're not covering celebrity brands. We're really after, I think, just that creative business owner who is finding ways to like live this really interesting life and have really interesting business and building business in a completely different way. That is, that is super crucial. So I think just like you really just have to know our publication inside and out and actually read it. Obviously, so many people don't even read Courier before sending. So I'm just filled with most of my PR pitches are pretty useless to be honest. So I think and we and we also only cover small businesses. So that's like another no-no. People just send us things and they're like, yeah, this is this huge company where you should write about them. It's like, First of all, they've been written about in so many other places. And beyond that, they just don't have that, that like any kind of relevance to our audience. So, yeah. So I think that's, those are like the really crucial things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Irrelevant pictures is something I hear a lot. So just finally, you know, are there any other trends you've spotted, you know, just in your role as a journalist and, and news editor, are there any trends you've spotted in media in general or journalism in general? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm still pretty bullish on newsletters. I've been doing a lot of thinking about that, obviously, as we've been doing our relaunch, especially how they kind of go to this younger audience, because I think there's kind of a misconception that Gen Zs don't really, anyone who's in that kind of younger age range isn't on email and isn't looking at this. But I think actually what I found in my research is that there is a lot of appetite for newsletters. They just have to be almost in more like niche sub communities. And there's these really interesting, there's this kind of backlash from these big, huge monolithic social media platforms and media distribution to these smaller closed communities that feel more authentic and feel more genuine and feel more personal to people. So I think that's something that I really kind of want to focus on is this new niche of young people who really want to start businesses, but don't really have the media company to look up to. So I think that's one thing I'm really interested in smaller closed communities, much more like personality driven media. I think that's super exciting. That is where a lot of media is going, isn't it? Substack is is an example of that. Of how we are, you know, how communities of newsletters reaching like a high audience. Is Korea on Substack? No, because we so we are owned by MailChimp. 
which is a email platform. So we are MailChimp <laughs> for that reason, obviously. So yeah, we're, we are not on, on Slack, but also like there's other reasons why not. I mean, they take like a really high percentage of your, your subscriptions. I think it's like 10% or something like that. So a lot of writers are moving off of it as well. Beehive is an interesting one. That's actually a platform that was created by the founders Morning Brew that I've seen a lot of young people on as well. I say young people like I'm so old, but you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's a quite a different sort of way of consuming media. And yeah, and I think I'm really excited about that stuff. I am also excited about video. I think that's a really rich storytelling medium. And I think also just like really good for a variety of audiences. Like not everybody reads and, and like retains information in the same way. And so I think offering like a little bit more of a multimedia thing is actually much more accessible and inclusive. And so it's, it's, it's definitely a way different way of thinking about stories, but I like that it can also open up new audiences. And I also still really love podcasts. I promise I <laughs> listen to great ones like yours. So. And I, I think it kind of is that really authentic way of connecting to people. I, it's just something about hearing people's voices. That's really still quite. Yeah, absolutely. That is the trend of journalism storytelling isn't it it's much more authentic you know real real people telling their stories yeah chorus that's really brilliant thanks so much for sharing those insights yeah thank you so much for having me on and yeah my email is chorus k-a-r-i-s at couriermedia.com you can also follow me on twitter chorus Husted. i'm sure they'll be show notes somewhere and yeah so feel free to dm me as well not like huge on getting pitches on over dms unless we like know each other but still you know feel free to to say hi so yeah so please just my only advice to freelancers who are pitching us just make sure you read courier before you pitch us make sure you really understand our tone of voice and our like the particular audience that we're going after and then we can work on stuff from there but excited to hear from people brilliant so you are open to pitches from both freelancers video producers prs and individuals pitch that is so great to know yeah we will make sure listeners know that <laughs> absolutely great thanks thanks cards <laughs> thanks very much that's it from the media insider podcast please share this podcast to any other prs writers or just people who want to get into the media that's who it's for and if you're keen to raise your profile, visit thoughtleadershippr.com to see how we can help.